This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This is the Besotted Pride of West London podcast. And we're coming to you as we go back into the football season because we've had a week off. Players have got a little bit of downtime as well. The country's had a bit of downtime. A little bit of bad news as Her Majesty the Queen, as we all know, died last week. So we took some time out to reflect on her life. But now the football season is back and we move on. And I'm Billy Grant and I'm sitting here in the virtual joint and the reason why I'm in the virtual joint is because I know that on Sunday, not Saturday, but Sunday, I'm going to be in the joint. I'm going to be in the Globe very early because we're going to be there for the Arsenal game, which has now been moved to a 12 o'clock kickoff because of the Queen's funeral on the Monday. So we need to get down to the pub as early as we can do. So listen, when the sun rises, trust me, I'll be in the boozer <laughs> with my chums enjoying myself. And on the house is my man Laney. Laney, how are you? I'm good and I'll, I'll be... With you, bright and breezy on Sunday morning, and uh, yeah, as you say, it's, I'm, I'm good. Yeah, it's been a been a strange week, isn't it, for us all? Um, you know, obviously, uh, it's uh, you know saying saying goodbye to part of the part of the furniture. The, the Queen's served us amazingly for for seventy odd years, and yeah, it's it's the end of an era. So yeah, it's been a, a bit of a bit of a strange time for for everyone. Everyone kind of mourns in a different way, or not not at all, or or completely and utterly, but. Yeah, think things haven't been uh, as as we as we as they are normally this week. So uh, it will be good to get back to to football on Sunday for sure. It, indeed, and we got Ali Ali Malali in the house from her game too. Ali, how are you? I'm all right. I'm a bit tired, Bill, because as you know, I work in TV news, so it's been a it's a bit of a busy time for for some of us at the moment. So uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to having a, a day off on Sunday and getting down to see some football. Yeah, I mean, talking about day off on Sunday, I mean, the day off on Saturday, I was saying last week, and like I said to you, you know, we recorded the podcast last week on the Thursday, and we saw that there was some activity going on, but we didn't really mention it because it wasn't appropriate at the time because there was nothing being announced. But it was looking like there was something that was, you know, something that was afoot, as I say. And like I said to you, a few hours later, after we released the podcast, the Queen very sadly died, and uh, and the country went into mourning. 
And then they decided to close down the football on the Saturday, which meant that, you know, we had more time to reflect. Now, what I will say as well is that, I mean, I, I found that Saturday really, really weird because we had one situation where, you know, we had the Queen and like many people in this country, I've grown up with the Queen from when I was, well, from when I was born, because she's obviously around from before I was born, you know, and Prince William, I mean, my birthday's the same day, sorry, as Prince Charles, is my birthday's the same day as Prince Charles, so I've always sort of had that little celebration as I was growing up, you know, the same day as Prince Charles, and, you know, the Queen, like I said to you, has been like a sort of staple um, item within your life, you know, whether or not you're sort of a royalist, a monarchist, whether or not you just, you know, you, you, you monitor what they do or, or you don't, it doesn't matter they've been a staple part of my whole life and I mean I wrote a little thing to a few of the sort of the besotted crew and I think you know for the global people as well um, besotted global people are sort of saying it's almost like a bit of a comfort blanket you know where the Queen's there and you know that she's there she's a constant you know as as, as a West Indian background I mean I used to live in Jamaica and I remember when the, the royal family visited Jamaica as well and I actually even uh, went out with my mum and um, my brother at the time, or my two brothers, my brother at the time, he's still my brother. <laughs> and we went out to go and meet the, the, I think the, 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 the princess and all sorts of characters at some sort of, you know, botanical gardens, I think it was. And um, the West Indian, you know, the, the, the West Indian community loved the Queen. They loved the royals. They loved all this kind of, you know, um, the, the whole royal family thing. And, and, and that was sort of kind of be part of my sort of kind of growing up. And um, like I said to you, it was it was just a really, really, really weird moment and a period over that weekend where there was no football, which is your norm. Um, and so and, and there's no football. If your team isn't playing, then you go and try and find some other football, you know, as you do or find some non-league or, you know, do a bit of grassroots. But there was just no football whatsoever. At the time, there was meant to be football and then there was no queen and just everything was really different. And I just found it really, really strange. How about you, Lenny? Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange that you had uh, you share a birthday with Prince uh, the Prince of Wales because I shared a birthday with the Queen herself, June the tenth. Which, okay. yeah, really, really odd. So obviously we are we're we very are, regal. We're, we're real regal. Yeah, we are regal. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It was. It's. It's. Um, as, you, as you say, it's just the end of an era. And uh, whatever your opinions on 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 anything, they you know they're the fabric that hold us all together. And uh, you know, um, she, no one can no one can condemn you know the way she's served us uh, and uh, just dedicated her life to to the nation for the last for the last 70 years so yeah it's 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 uh, it's a it's a strange time and uh, you know it's uh, this transition has been uh, has been kind of like um, just kind of awkward I'd, I'd say and I think the sooner the sooner as we can sort of get get back to to, to, to normality um, the, the better really and, and Ali, I mean, this must have been really strange for you as well because you, you're like in the thick of it basically because you, <laughs> you're seeing everything that's going on. You're hearing every comment from every person that's perched outside whichever building they're perched outside, whether or not it's up in Scotland or it's in the, the Midlands or if it's outside, you know, where the, you know Buckingham Palace or wherever the, you know wherever it may be. Um, so you've almost got a slightly different perspective because obviously you've got your own feelings, but also you've got this. The whole world is sort of coming at you from the news angle, isn't it? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I was actually off work all the Saturday, so and I didn't get called in. So I, I actually sat at home and, and watched the cricket, which I think the I think England cricket did a very good job of honouring the Queen, Queen on the Saturday morning, and it was um, it was quite moving actually. But it is a bit of a, a, a sand shifting under your feet moment, I think, isn't it? Because um, the Queen's been there all of our lives, and now suddenly she's not there. 
And like you say, it, yeah, TV news, it just comes out. You just see everything and hear everything. And it's just, it's nonstop at the moment. And it, it's quite, quite exhausting, if I'm honest. Yeah. I mean, and then there was obviously the conversation. And I, think, I don't think we're going to really delve into this too much. But it's a, I think there's lots of conversations going on about how they felt that the football and the FA had moved too quickly in cancelling games. And there was a lot of kind of, not misinformation, but we just didn't know what was going on a lot of the time. You know, I've got, you know, my grassroots team, the old Barnet Panthers. We had our first match that we were sort of really excited about. Then obviously that got cancelled as well, as did other grassroots football. However, you know, a lot of people say, but, you know, some things are more important than that. And at the end of the day, sort of respecting the Queen and, 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 and going out and, t- and having time to reflect is more important than these things. And they can be put on the ice and move to another time. And all I'm, all I'm emphasising is the fact that there were lots of different conversations happening at the time where some people were thinking, actually, if, you, if the sport remained, then we would actually be able to actually, as a nation, go out there. And what's better than seeing, you know, fans actually doing a, you know, a, a one minute silence or the bands coming out and playing tributes to her as opposed to everyone sort of kind of being inside their houses. Then you don't actually feel anything. So I don't think there's any right or wrong answer about that, because I think the FA and the football authorities actually had to make a decision at some stage as to what was better. And maybe the fact also, because Prince William is a patron, I think it's Prince, Prince William yeah, is a patron it's, it's of, uh, the FA. of the FA. Yeah. I think maybe maybe there's a president. Actually, president. Is he, yeah, so I thought mm, actually maybe we need to kind of uh, maybe just take back a little bit here but you know like I said to you many many questions were going around and I think half the time they're going around it was of course a lot of people were singing on Saturday afternoon basically sort of almost like twiddling their thumbs I mean I was down at B&Q which is uh, one of the things that you do which is, you know it's been on a long list of things I had to do for, for ages though but anyway well um, Prince William's an Aston Villa fan isn't he I, I think he was just really happy that they didn't lose again at the weekend <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's right so anyway talking about sort of uh, really sad moments and commiserations the first manager well pretty much the first manager um, to manage Brentford from when I supported them actually um, he died this week Fred Callahan, and uh, and I say that because um uh, again, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, and you know, sort of saying, you know, we won't really remember Fred Callahan, but I, I do remember Fred Callahan. Obviously, the media isn't like it is now, where like you know, because we were Brentford, we were never on the TV, you know, so it would always be sort of somehow in person or in the in the local newspapers. But Fred Callahan was the manager of the team that I remember very well. You know, my, my first team that I supported, Brentford, the Chris Kamara, the Stan Bowles, the, the, the Francis Josephs of the world were actually brought into the team by Fred Callahan, who, you know, at the time, I mean, I thought he was actually, I thought he was actually quite a good manager, you know, but then I didn't know any different because I was very young at the time and it was the only manager that I knew and it's the only team that I knew and I thought Brentford was just brilliant, even though they were languishing sort of in the midst of the third division at the time. But Fred Callahan, Laney, do you remember the man? I don't remember the man. I, I, I'm kind of a similar age to you. Uh, I, I, I was too young to really kind of be to be aware of the manager. I mean, Bill Dodgin, he was the manager of the team when I when I went first went, and then Callahan replaced him. And I, I do remember vividly um, Fred Callahan in that season that he took over where we were in kind of a relegation dogfight. And I, and I do vividly remember uh, Tony Funnell scoring the equalising goal. I think it was a two, I think it made that made it 2 2 um, in the final game of the season. And that, that secured our place in the third tier where we stayed for forever and a day, it seemed. But, Who was that again? Yeah, it 
was against Millwall. I was there. See, I, see, I was in that game, and I was actually. <laughs> why do you talk about that? Because I remember that as well. I was with my mates, and what we did for some ridiculous—I don't know why we did this. We decided that we wanted to go around, and I think go around the, to the Ealing Road side, which was the Millwall end, and go and watch the game from there. And then we thought we'd actually move around in a second, or whatever it may be. That's the days, so we, eh? <laughs> yeah, and we, so we moved into the Millwall end, and then the police decided to shut it off. So we were actually stuck in the Millwall end, I think, for the whole game. So, <laughs> and so yeah, I know. So we were stuck in the Millwall end for the whole, and then we scored the goal, which actually made us sort of safe. But we couldn't really celebrate because obviously there was lots of Millwall fans around us. So I, I remember that actually very, very well. I, still, I remember that there, there was there was always it always seemed to be like a, a pitch invasion uh, at, on the final final game of the season, and I think this almost certainly was then, and, and I think it may have been before the final whistle went, and uh, it, it, it was it, it was tense. You know, I, I was too young to really get the tenseness, and I'm sure there's people listening to this that kind of like remember it uh, in a a little bit more detail uh, than me but it, it, it was a great it was a great team actually and it was you know it was certainly too good to go down um, and I, it always baffled us why we weren't quite good enough to go up because the, the you know the sum of the parts was just excellent and there was some superb skill within that and it was just, there was just always something that seemed to kind of stop us getting that consistency together um, and we, we, we you know that the the, the Fans still talk about that midfield now, you know, Bowles, Kamara, Herlock, you know, Ron, you know, Ron Harris, well, it was the end of his career, he, he played, you know, Gary Roberts was still knocking around and, you know, Tony Funnel, he, he could score, Bob Booker was still there, you know, it was a, it was a really good team, you know, it just, they just weren't quite good enough to get into the second tier um, and, you know, that was that was really galling um, and it kind of just summed up almost like three decades of, of being a Brentford fan really, they just stuck in that third tier for, as I said, forever um, but yeah Fred was a, you know, he was a good guy um, he was well respected and no, no one's got a bad word to say about him, he was a you know, he was a one one club man as a player. He, he represented. You know, he was an apprentice at Fulham, and he kind of graduated through, um, and then he, you know, had his career cut short through back injury. Then went into non-league management, uh, Enfield, and more notably at Woking. No, say no to Woking. No, no to Woking. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and then he came. He came and helped out with Fred Callahan. Sorry, with Bill Dodgin, and um, uh, and then got the gig. In you know, in his own right, the the next the next season. So, yeah, he he was you know as I said, he was he's well remembered, and um, you know I, I hope he rests his rest in peace, and our, our regards go out to his his family and all his close friends. Yeah, and, and, and you know that you, I mean you said that you no know, no one had a bad word to say against him, but I have to admit I mean in those days when I used to get the Royal Oak and used to, I used to make up really terrible songs that everyone used to sing. I say everyone, I mean probably had about three thousand people. There was still quite a lot of people in the Royal Oak then, and I did make up a song about Fred Callahan when he sold Bobby Booker because I wasn't very happy about that at all. I think that must have been sort of towards the back end of his reign as well, and it had some few naughty words in there which I don't think I can actually uh, repeat on there as well. But yeah, so but, but so Fred Herrick, um, Fred Callahan was definitely noted and we uh 
And like I said to you, I remember him, and like I said to you, R.I.P. Fred Callahan, because you were the full, my formative years of being a Brentford fan, which I loved coming to, you know, from school and, you know, going there and being up the Royal Oak and throwing confetti and all the nonsense that used to go on at the Royal Oak in them days. Those are all in the Callahan era. And, you know, bringing Francis Joseph, who was one of the most exciting players that of that time, to, of that time, of, of a long time to come down to Brentford as well, you know, after he'd, um, a week after he'd scored, um, I think he must have scored a hat trick against us, or he scored a few goals in a night game. And I thought, oh, he's quite good, that player. And then two, a couple of days later, he turned up and uh, he was playing for Brentford. You know what I'm saying? And he was like one of my favourite players, Joe Francis Joseph, who actually did a uh, uh, a, a social for the for Beside a few years ago. You could check that out on Pride of West London. It's just very, very funny, him and Gary Roberts. But yes, listen, RIP Fred Callahan. But tell you something, I mean, we talked about um, Bobby Booker being outed by Fred Callahan. But also, um, there's another player that was outed by Fred Callahan. I mean, there's a lot of people that watch the TV out there and they see Bradley Walsh doing his mainstream TV stuff, but they didn't know a lot of these people that Bradley Walsh actually used to play for Brentford FC. And the manager that decided that he was not going to play for Brentford anymore was Fred Callahan. And Bradley had something to say about this at the 125th dinner that we had a few years ago. Check out Bradley Walsh about Fred Callahan. Two years ago, I was sitting having dinner with Les Strong, and Les Strong said to me, he said, What made you finish playing, Brad? I said, I've got trouble with my ankle. At my ankles? Do you know what an ankle is? It's a bit like an ankle. <laughs> but it's very little ankles, the ankles. They're Scottish ankles, ankles, though. Jackie's got them, Jackie's got two of them. <laughs> and I'm sitting with Les, and he said, what mate? And I said, I'm troubled my ankles, I had, to, I had to pack up. Eddie Lyons was the physio and stuff like that. And I had to pack up. And I said, well, Fred Callahan sacked me. Fired. <laughs> I said, Fred Callahan sacked me. He said, he let me go. He went, wait there. He got his phone out, we sit at dinner, and he rang Fred Callahan. <laughs> he went, Fred? I've got something, Fred, you can even don't forget. He said, I've got someone to talk to you, Fred. He said, someone wants to speak to you. And he handed the phone to me. And Fred went, who's that? I said, Fred, it's Bradley Walsh. He went, I bet you're fucking glad I let you go now, eh? England are playing next week. They're playing... Italy on a Friday night and then they're playing Germany on a Monday night in the Nations League and I never thought I'd say this but potentially appearing or will definitely be on the bench and I'm sure that he'll make an appearance at some stage is going to be a player in red and white stripes and we're not talking about Sunderland we're not talking about Southampton we're talking about the mighty mighty bees have got a player in the England squad and I will say to you that I am so proud. This is such a moment. for This is a massive moment for any Brentford fan out there because I never thought in my lifetime that I'm going to see a Bees player playing for England, a player that I can go out there and say, he plays for my club. But Ivan Tony has been called up to England, well-deserved call-up, and there was a lot of excitement in the Besotted camp, a lot of excitement in the Brentford camp. I even went to AFTV, Arsenal Fan TV studios today, and all I was talking about is Ivan Tony. I was on the Anfield Rap podcast as well today, and all I was talking about Ivan Tony playing for England, because for me, you have to tell the old world that we have got a player playing for England, and no, 
He doesn't have to go and sign for a big club to go and play for England. All these things that people talk about, that they, all these things that we have just blown out the water, you know. Oh, they need Premier League experience. Oh, they need Championship experience. Oh, you've got this, that, and the other. We're blowing all these things out the water and just showing people we're doing things our way. So Ivan Tony, show people the way next week. But I'm very proud. Laney, how are you? Oh, this is off the scale, isn't it? It's, this is, you know, as you say, as I tweeted earlier, not in my lifetime, it's, this, is, this is being added to a long and growing list of things that I never thought I'd ever see. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's up, up, it's up, it's, it beats Man United losing 4 0 to us. This is, this is our player playing for our country, and, ha- you know, he stands every chance of, of going to the World Cup. You know, we, we know how special he is, and he's contagious. He, you give him, you give him the chances. He'll score you the goals. You, you get a penalty. He score you the goals. He, Ivan Tony is England ready. He's World Cup ready. He needs to now seize this opportunity. But you know, I'm, I'm pinching myself today, and I think we're all skipping rounds, sharing in Ivan Tony's success. You know, this is this is Ivan Tony's uh, achievement, and you know, well done him. You know, we're just so happy for you and we're just so proud that you're at our club making these achievements. I'm sure, you know, fans of the clubs that he's played at before, they're, they're, they're buzzing as well. You know, there's a lot of people that shared in this journey, but Brentford have enabled this. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's part of it, this incredible success story that doesn't show any signs of slowing. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm buzzing. Ali? Oh, you know, I, I hope he doesn't step onto the pitch wearing red and white stripes because we're wearing the wrong kit. But no, it's, 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 it's brilliant. Again, it's like Delaney says, something none of us ever, ever thought we would ever see. Um, and I think it's thoroughly deserved. He, it's improved every season, every season with us. It's just getting better and better. He's, for me, easier, easily the best stri- English striker we've got behind Harry Kane. Um, I think he's the most like Harry Kane that we've got, and the fact that he will drop deep and set others up in the same way that Kane does. Um, it's, it's been it's an obvious one for me, and um, I think it's brilliant. Like like Laney says, that he's been selected while he's playing at Brentford. He doesn't have to wait until he's gone off to to Manchester United or or wherever to get selected, and it, it's absolutely fantastic. The only the only thing I would say is that um, I think Rico Henry should be in there as well. I, I I cannot see how some of the left-backs that are in there get in there ahead of Rico Henry. But that's hopefully his time will come as well and we'll, you know, we'll all be equally as proud as we are of Ivan today. It's, it's a brilliant day to be a Brentford fan. Maybe Southgate was just going one B at a time, Ali. And I, 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 I agree with you that you know, he, he warrants his place there too. But you know, maybe he's, he's worried about a back, some sort of press backlash. Going, oh, you picked two Brentford players. What are you doing, man? You know, you, what are you doing? This is this is this is crazy. So, hopefully, Ivan can can show that his his selections completely and utterly, utterly justified. And then Rico will be joining him for the next lot. Uh, hopefully, yeah. The lobbying has been going on. That's all. All I've got to say. And uh, mm. the, the thing about, I think, players like, um, like, say, for example, Rico. If you speak to a lot of fans, a lot of fans don't actually know about Rico Henry. And the thing is that even though these players are like in the limelight, you know, I mean, Ivan Tony's in the limelight. People know about him, but you, you know, I think if you're in the England camp, you still don't know. We watch him in week in and week out. 
okay so we actually see him week in and week out we know his strengths and his weaknesses what he does all the hard work that he does but to be quite honest with you not necessarily everybody else is like that and especially when you've got so many players all around I think that there's a tendency that you could go with England a little bit you know um, risk averse so you 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 don't take the risks as such even though you know if you play in a team like San Marino Technically, you know, why not play somebody like Ivan Tony against San Marino? You go a little bit risk averse because you think in the long term, are we going to bring this person? Is it better to get somebody who I'm going to have in the camp um, in six months' time or for this championship to have them now? Which, you know, I, I do understand that to a certain extent. But I, I think that even though they may be on our um, radar, it still may not be on somebody else's radar because when they go in and watch him or they look at the stats, whatever like that, they don't see... It doesn't necessarily light the fires that 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 um that that it does with us because we see them all the time, and I think with Ivan, even though Ivan Tony kept on going, you've got to look at this guy, you've got to look at this guy. I personally believe it was the Manchester United game that really kind of did it for him, even though he didn't score any goals. But it was a game that we, as Brentford as a team, were on fire, and. There were a lot of people watching that game. And I have to say, and I'm not going to mention any names, I got a few messages from people who went, oh my God, your team is on fire. And these people I was talking to are in that, that circle who, who can throw in information into that England setup, And they go, your team is properly on fire. And I think at that time they thought, Brentford, they're not a team to mess around with. It's not like we've got a person inside here who's a brilliant player within a team who, like to be honest with you, aren't all that good. The team is really good. The manager's really good. They're playing great football and they've been doing it consistently. And now we show what they've done. And I think as a result of that match and then what happened after that and then the three goals uh, that he scored against Leeds, it was a done deal. They just thought, listen, this guy's the real deal. And I think sometimes it takes something like that. We've seen Ivan, um, Rico Henry playing some games where he's just properly on fire. But what's happened is that it just misses that radar. And I think that you need to, you almost need to have somebody, you know, probably in their ear as well who knows it. So say, for example, Ivan Tony's in the camp. You've got to look at my boy Rico, mate. I work with He's on fire, blah, blah. And then you've got a trusted source within there because there was no real trusted source within the Brentford camp that can go inside and say something within that. And now you've got that. I think it'll be a different situation altogether. I think, I think Rico's time will come. And, uh, you know, I think uh, having listened to a lot of the, like the, the, the sound bites and the words that have been said um, on Sky this afternoon with Thomas Frank, um, said that you know he, he'd spoken to, or, or sorry, Gareth Southgate, Southgate had said he'd sat down and spoken to Thomas Frank about um, Ivan Tony last season. Um, it, it showed that the dialogue has, has, has been going on, and I, th- I think it's just getting it's it's frustrating because you know that he's good enough, but you, you're almost waiting for something that's kind of like some stars to align that are kind of out of anyone's control and sometimes form doesn't seem to be measured or or taken into in taking into account when when selections are made but but Ivan Tony is so on form that to have not picked him now is crazy and I, I agree with Ali completely and utterly that that Rico deserves his time too but I do think that will come and uh you know he just needs to carry on doing his thing and I'm sure that Rico Henry was part of that bigger dialogue between Thomas Frank and, and, and Gareth Southgate. Um, so, yeah, I just hope all goes well for him next next Friday night in Italy. I'm, I'm going to do all I can to get there. 
um, and then uh, and and for the for the game against Germany back at Wembley on on that Monday night. So I'm, I'm sure there'll be a lot of Brentford fans trying to get tickets for Wembley for Monday week um, with uh, with the hope of seeing a Brentford player running out and, and pulling on that English shirt. I mean, we, we shared in the joy when Ollie Watkins came on and scored as a Villa player. I've sat there and watched uh, Andy Sinton play for England. I've, I've sat there and watched, you know, other Brent players that have gone through and, and, and stepped up. And you're kind of like, oh, God, they had to leave to do this. Now they don't. They can stay. And uh, I just hope that Ivan can stay for a long, long time. He, he doesn't have to go. He's put another £10 million on his price, but he doesn't have to go. Yeah, and I was, I mean, I was there actually with Ollie Watkins scored for England. And again, it was a very proud moment. And I was there and I felt like I was, you know, he was still a Brentford player and I supported him loads. And I was just so happy to see him score because we know that he's got the love for us as well. And, uh, and, and like I said to you, a little story which I think I might have told you before as well. But when I went out to San Marino, because as a lot of you know, I go to you know England tournaments, England games all over the world. And 17th tournament coming up is in Qatar, which is, which is quite, I thought about it for quite a lot of tournaments actually. But I went to San Marino because it was the first England game that I've been to a couple of years because obviously because of the lockdown. Then I was in this bar in San Marino and I was chatting to this um, chat to these Newcastle fans, and they come up to me. They're going, "Oh, you support Brentford?" I go, "Brentford." I go, "Ivan Tony." And I'm like, yeah, yeah, Ivan Tony, yeah, he's cool. You know, I said, yeah, yeah, Ivan Tony, but yeah, he should be playing today. He should be playing for England. And I was like, mm, I'm not sure about that. You know, they said, why? And this was like San Marino was like two, three months after we just got in the Premier League. We had a good start in the Premier League. But for me, I was thinking, the last thing you want is that your striker playing for England at that time, one month before the <laughs> before the window is going to open, and then he leaves, then you're going to be in all sorts of trouble, and before you know it, you might be in relegation trouble. So I thought, no, 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 I don't think I should play for England. I think that, you know, I just want him to concentrate on keeping Brentford in the Premier League. And they just kept on banging on, going, no, no, he's good enough. You've got Calvert-Lewin at the moment now. I mean, if you tell me that Ivan Tony isn't better than Calvert-Lewin, you're stupid. And they just kept on, and they were almost convincing me that he should play. Then they went to me, look, who are we playing today? And I went, San Marino said, if Ivan Tony can't do a job against San Marino, mate, then who, then who can't can? And I just thought, actually, you've got a point. And, and he could have played in that game. I mean, England won about 10 nil or something. Like that. I can't even remember the score. There were so many goals scored, like, you know. And, uh, and he could have done a really good job. And I just thought, actually, the moment could have come earlier. But it's this whole risk-averse thing, again, I think, with England, where they, they you know, you, America at the moment are giving caps away like confetti. And, you know, they're, they're making sure that their players get international experience that enables them to go abroad. But with England, I think they could probably try a little bit harder by squeezing these players into certain games and getting them out there. And he's got his caps now. But, you know, with Ivan, he probably could have got there a little bit sooner if there was probably less risk averse. But I'm not complaining because we're happy. And I'm very, 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 very looking forward to going to, um, to Qatar now. Um, I was looking forward before, but I am because fingers crossed and you might not make it, you know. That the idea of my player, my Brentford player, going to play in a World Cup for me is for England is is just on another scale because I, I never thought I'd see that happen. I, I I do think that it got to the point with Ivan because he's been so on fire this season that there was a concerted media campaign behind Ivan Tony has to play for England. You had Gary Lineker, you had talks, but everybody was saying Ivan Tony should be in the squad, and I, I think that does bring some pe- pressure to bear. I think it became such a, a thing that with the media that Ivan Tony surely has to be picked. You had all the stats about how he was involved in more goal, goal, goals than any other England player apart from Harry Kane. 
um, in the last two seasons. And I think it just got to the point where he could no longer be ignored, however risk-averse you are. And Southgate is very risk-averse. I don't dislike Southgate, but he is very risk-averse. And I think I just became, by sheer force, almost sheer force of will and his presence and the way he's playing, became impossible to ignore. And everybody else, all the media, fans of other clubs, were all picking, all the chatter... All the chatter since the Man United and the Leeds games have been Ivan Tony should be in the English squad. Ivan Tony should be in the English squad, and that's from media outlets, from fans on Twitter, everywhere. And I think it just became impossible not to ignore, however risk averse you are. I think there's very, very much a case of things happen at the right time mm, in, the, in the in the modern era for Brentford. You know, we can be scarred by you know going back over history and things not happening when we when we probably deserve them to happen. Um, you know, we we didn't go up against Yeovil and we didn't go up against Fulham in that playoff games, um, but we went up the next year and we went up stronger and and you know it, it hurt at the time. But it's almost like everything for a reason. And perhaps if if, if Ivan gets picked last year, it, it may have been too early. You know, he would have done a great job against San Marino. Bill, don't get me wrong, and he might have scored a hat trick. But if he hadn't have scored in that game, he might people might have said, "Well, if you can't score against San Marino, how the hell are you going to score against Italy and Germany?" And now he's got that chance, and uh, hopefully he just seizes it. And I've got a feeling, like all things to do with Brentford uh, at the moment. Um, it will be a, a, a revolving door that uh, he he walks through and he will score two hat-tricks. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> this is, I'm going to ask you as well. I mean, your friends, you've got friends that support different other teams. Now that Ivan Tony is now where he's doing before, how many of these friends have now said to you, oh, yeah, yeah well, we, we, we could have signed Ivan Tony. Yeah, 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 we could have signed. I mean, I mean because I've had, I've had loads of them already, like, you know. Now that he's kind of there, he said, oh, yeah, he's, he's a football Arsenal fans, all sorts of characters sort of saying, yeah, we, we could have signed him, but, you know, but, but they didn't. I mean, he was £5 million, and exactly. he, could have, he could have gone, could have gone, could could, gone anywhere. Could have, could have, should have, would have, whatever, yeah. yeah. You know, but, yeah, we could have signed, they could have, yeah, whatever. I can think of several other <laughs> signings like that. Yeah. A couple of them very recently. Yes, indeed. So, but anyway, but listen. So, all this talk about England, we needed some facts about England. So, what we're going to do? We're going to go to JB with his facts and his funk, because JB has got lots of England and Brentford facts and funk. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Hello, Jonathan Birchall here again. Potentially, Ivan Tony could be the 1,272nd player to pull on an England shirt since 1872. Only two former Bs have previously played for England in full internationals. The first was in our second season in our original top tier spell. Then it was inside right Billy Scott in October 1936, who was one of six England debutants in a home international match against Wales at Cardiff. For good measure, there were two of his teammates, Di Richards and Idris Hopkins, playing for the home side. We ran out 2-1 winners. Although back then Brentford's league match with Grimsby was also played on the same day. Without those three key players, we lost 2-0. The second was left winger Leslie Smith in May 1939 in a friendly in Romania. England won 2-0 in a game which transpired to be the final match before war broke out and the last international for over seven years. Billy's cap was when Edward VIII was on the throne. Les's was under George VI, which shows the passage of time, 
It's neither was during the reign of Queen Elizabeth. Both players won their sole caps away from home. So Ivan has a chance to be the first Brentford player to play for England at Wembley and potentially the first to score and create even more club records. But listen, we shall move on. And this, like I said, is very, very good news. We're very, very happy. Ivan Tony's made us very, very proud. And uh, you have to understand, like I said to you, from teams that have been watching our teams in the lower echelons for years. I know like teams like Arsenal, teams like, you know, this is using teams like Arsenal in a different type of way. Teams like Man City, teams like Chelsea. You get all these players with international caps all the time. But this is the whole big, big team syndrome thing that happens for you. So it probably doesn't hit you in the same way as it does with us. But for us... There's a massive pride going on and you're going to feel that pride emanating around New Griffin Park on Sunday and hopefully it'll have a little bit of effect. Maybe it might actually help to push the ball in the back of the right net. Well, he can at least practice singing God Save the King, can't he? That's right, indeed. So anyway, <laughs> listen, we're going to go off and have another little drink. We're going to come back because I'll tell you what, it's been so long since the last time that I, I saw my team kick a football that I think I'm going to have to be a bit of a refresher about what happened the last time my team kick the football we'll be back in just a bit so two weeks ago nearly it was Laney I mean tell you something I've got I can't remember how many goals did we score two weeks ago can you remember one two three four five five um five was it five five and it was and it was against it wasn't against you know mm. Brighton or Wolves or you know, Villa. The champions of Europe. It was against the champions of Europe. Was it um was it Leeds, Bill? It was Leeds. Oh, Lady. two out of two. Oh, two out of two. <laughs> There's only one champions we of Europe, Lenny. Come on. Very, very well. I'll tell you something, right? Because we had this last podcast. Listen, if you're listening, Pride of West London, just go to the podcast, the Southampton podcast. It's a real shame. We recorded it. And then, unfortunately, the game became irrelevant because it got cancelled about six hours later. But irrelevant of that, the podcast did really well. It's like loads of people listened to it. Like you know, so it's probably like the third or second, second, well, second most popular podcast of the season. So I think the fact it wasn't the fact that we were playing Southampton that was driving people in. It was the fact that we'd beaten Leeds. Now it was <laughs> definitely, honestly, trust yeah, me, hundred percent. It is. You need to go back listen to that if you have to because it will make you chuckle. Because I've got all sorts of musical interludes in there. I was being the most childish yeah, that you can I, ever I, I be. Was, I was going to say it was one of the most churlish things we've ever done it was it was really really childish but it was brilliant and it felt so good putting in as much five as you can put i was trying to work out you know remember that there was that band five and i but i just thought people probably won't remember their songs but there was all sorts of stuff going into that pod but anyway let's forget about that because what we're going to do is that we have to remind ourselves what happened during the match so we're going to go back to the fans i know some of you've heard it but it's definitely worth listening to again when after the game, I stuck the microphone up the noses of all sorts of people and they told us exactly what they thought about that Leeds game. One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> I was really glad we didn't send them down last year. Now, I'm, just for a day, I'm quite happy. <laughs> that was awesome. They hate us. Um, we really good. That was a close game, wasn't it? They kept coming back into it. It was a good game of football. Um, great finishing by Tony, unbelievable. Ben, ben me at the back, what a performance from him today. 
Um, God knows who they're going to drop when everyone's back and fit, but what a great problem to have. Come on, you bees. Yeah, the man of the match, of course, will go to Ivan Tony. Let us not overshadow what Ben Mee did. He had a fantastic performance. His best one so far in the Brentford shirt for us. Really was good. There were some really great performances. Really, really tough, actually. Leeds aren't that bad. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we destroyed him today. In a sense, I don't know how we won that. We gave the ball away so many times. But they couldn't finish, we could. That's the story. You... Tony has to be on the plane to Qatar. Leeds today, Bill, they looked particularly susceptible to the square ball, didn't they? And we smashed Leeds, and I thought, Ivan Tony was brilliant. I mean, why have we not had him on three kicks before today, you have to ask? But he was bloody brilliant. This is a tough league. Look, any win you get in this league is brilliant, you know, and every team you play have got quality players. So you've got to enjoy it. You've just got to enjoy it and... My league mate, I won't be happy, but there we go. Ivan, Ivan Tony's second and third goals today, just, just so special. So, so special. The truth, in my view, um, penalty, don't know if it was a penalty because I can't see from where we're sitting, so it's quite hard. Yeah, VAR's giving it, so penalty. The free kick, again, um, so yeah, two goals from set pieces. Um, Lorente, tried to, I don't know, uh, Johan Cruyff turned in the halfway line, lost the ball. Um, so yeah, mistakes, but... You know, everyone makes mistakes, but we got punished. I still think we went to sleep a couple of times, which is not much. I thought we were going to be our own worst enemy for a brief period when they got their, their goal back, and it looked a bit, oh dear, what did we do there? But um, yeah, definitely, they're definitely up for it, and they definitely played like they really wanted to win it, which is, it was a great game, actually. I really enjoyed that. Massive. So you're saying the Leeds fans were racially abusing Absolutely. him in what in what way? Tell me, because obviously I'm black, so this of doesn't course, this, yeah. is, this doesn't go down particularly yeah. well with me. It was the B, it was the bee beasted. If you imagine uh, filling the yes, blanks, it was okay. the BBC did all the time as soon as the, 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 the boy put the, fo- the ball on the ground. Okay. So he was getting that abuse. But prior, even prior to kickoff, when we sat down, my, my lady was being abused as well. There was all sorts of sexual content. Oh. It was uh, whore, slag, uh, slapper, all that kind of crap. It was all that stuff that was coming out. But then what was really amusing, they started calling me a paedophile. And I kept thinking, where's Jimmy Savile from? And then the abuse kind of carried on, but the stewards were allowing it to continue. But once we, we reacted to the steward, uh, to, to the Leeds fans, the stewards actually came over and told us to be quiet. When it becomes personal and they start targeting individuals, so poor Brian on the pitch, so he doesn't need that shit. We don't need the shit in the stands. If, they, if you want to shout... Sorry, that's Brian and Boomer again. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But if you, want, if you want to shout that we're scum and they're scum, that's fine. But when you start targeting individuals and making it a personal thing, it doesn't become banter. It becomes aggressive. Mate, I'm so buzzing at the minute. I'm basically coming back. I went Palace in a week here and I thought, I thought, oh my God, I was a bit scared. But Thomas Frank made five fucking great changes. Whistle, come oh, on, killed God. it. And then today, we come on and we're so confident. I fucking knew we was going to do it. And the bees are always going to fucking do it because we're, 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 we're we are the best. We are the Brentford. We are the best. We are the Brentford. So, all the rest. Oh! Uh, to a man, we was outstanding. We got Tony, got hat trick. But to be fair, I don't even think he was the man of the match. I think Ben Mee me. was... Me! He was absolutely quality. The guy was winning everything in the air. Strong in the tackle. He was running back, bringing the ball out of defence. He was doing a Rico today. He was doing a Rico. What a game of football. It was incredible end-to-end, wasn't it? I thought Leeds were good. I thought Leeds played some great football. Never felt safe. When it was a 3-1 and we conceded, 3-2. Thank God Bryan scored that goal straight away. Thank God for VAR and for the penalty. But yeah, even at 4-2, I never felt safe. I thought Leeds were 
really good side, much better than I've seen them for, for years. I thought they really play some great football. They do some nice one-touch football. Good team, yeah. I think the, uh, the 5-2 flattered us. But, yeah, I'll take that all day long. What a result. Great result, yeah. Sometimes it just all gels together, doesn't it? And the finishing's on point and everything just comes together. We didn't get any assists today, which I don't know what that says either about us as the, or the offensive team or Leeds when it comes to, the, to, defend, to defending. But, um, yeah, I mean, offensively, Leeds did play quite well today. It was quite scrappy in the middle, I felt. I think there should have been a few more yellow cards, but that is what it is. But um, defensively, they were just all over the place. I mean, there was a couple of times where even the defender didn't know what to do with it. Yet Meslier's not commanding his area like he should do. So that's definitely something that Marsh should look at going forward. But um, how can he when he's getting sent off? I think Ivan Tony, obviously, I've spoken to a lot of people recently about him as he's an unconventional centre forward, mainly because he's not where you'd expect him to be as a centre forward. He's not just poaching. I mean, I love Haaland. I'm not having a go at him. But he's not poaching. He's not having eight touches an entire game and scoring three of them. He's all over the place, this heat map. He's in the box defending when there's corners. He's playing the ball. His distribution aerially is such a massive threat. We can play a ball up to the halfway line a bit further. And you know he's going to get that out to him, Bremer, or otherwise. And then he's also scoring the goals. I think he's an invaluable player to have. We were the, uh, the better side overall. However, all, all the domination of um, possession, I don't think we created enough, to be honest. But, how, uh, but also, uh, I think, you know, bar certain things didn't come our way. So, I, I don't, and I, also, I don't think it was a 5-2 game. I, I, I think there's a, an unconscious bias because everyone... Because you still hear it now. Dirty Leeds, Dirty Leeds. That was from the 70. There's a lot of things, but yeah, ultimately, um, to run ourselves in that, in that sort of um, attitude and that gets us out, that's why we fight and we'll fight to the end. I thought we played well. Really good. Tony, three goals. Can't ask any more. Has to be in that next England squad. Equally, Rico Henry has to be in that England squad. Um, and just, I think probably the important was the, uh, the fourth one, wasn't it? Brian scoring after they made it 3-2 because they were always going to get a second and he kind of ran through finished it really well which is really good to see from him because he's probably been under a little bit of pressure probably I don't know why from himself we all back him and he's running score he did made it 4-2 killed the game and then we made it 5 and done so there you go <laughs> That player, that Leeds bloke, makes me laugh. I mean, that Leeds fan, he's just, he's just brilliant. It's just brilliant. I mean, it's just, it's just in a different, different vein. But Laney, I mean, Leeds United game. If you think about it, and I'm trying, I'm trying to spin a positive on this. It means that we're going into this next game, the Arsenal game, on a positive. You know, we scored five goals. There was a great atmosphere. Everyone was really happy. Then off the back of that, Ivan Tony has now been called up for England. I mean, I don't, I've got to touch wood a little bit here, but things are set up quite nicely for the weekend, are they not? Things are set up perfectly, yeah. Back-to-back to back home games. Uh, you know, who who will ever know what, what might have happened at, at St Mary's last, last Saturday. Um, I hope I hope we would have continued and, and got a win. I think I think we still have a really good chance. Um, but we, we you know we'll have to we'll have to wait for the rearranged game to, to take place to to get the answer to that. But yeah, we 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 now line up against Arsenal who will come to our part of London 
seeking revenge you know we, we we turned them over big time in front of the world's media on the first game of last season um although they you know although they we they beat us back at back at the um back at the emirates uh you know it they they, they probably deserved a far bigger victory than they got it was 2-1 in the end wasn't it when uh, christian norgard got a goal right at the end um but uh <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I'm just really looking forward to it. I, I think you know they'll they'll be they'll be crapping themselves if I'm honest. You know they they, they they've had a great start to the season, and they're, they're under Arteta. They seem to have you know they've weathered that storm that we witnessed last year, um, and it, it looked like it, you know the wheels were going to come off. And you know, but Arteta's had the time. He's got the players playing in his system. They're a joy to watch. Uh, they didn't win their last game, uh, which is important because they won their first five. Um, and I, I got a feeling that we're going to give them their first defeat, Mr. Grant. Ooh, there you go, Laney. So look, tell you something. What we're going to do? Go away, have a little drink. We're going to come back, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the Arsenal. So, Sunday. Arsenal coming down to New Griffin Park. They're coming down to New Griffin Park slightly different, probably slightly more aware than they did last season when they walked into New Griffin Park and it was like rabbit in the headlights as we smashed them all over the place and we went away with a 2-0 victory, which was very, very good. First game at New Griffin Park, under the lights, dark, first stadium full, you know, atmosphere, Thomas Frank whipping the crowd into frenzy. It was an absolutely brilliant, brilliant brilliant night however like I said to you it could be very very different this time because Arsenal they're aware of us they know what to look out for as you saw Arteta on that all or nothing documentary which uh, we talk about sort of quite a bit on here he was very unhappy with Ivan Tony's comments about a little kick around with the boys and he actually took the Arsenal players to task with it and he said to them you need to look at what he said here and you need to basically get revenge which they did sort of even though we did beat them on aggregate 3-2 but we won't talk about that now but anyway Arsenal coming to New Griffin Park Laney first of all we're looking forward to this because we're getting down to the pub at the crack of dawn aren't we yes yeah I'm on the leave straight after we've finished recording this and I'll get Mm -hmm. down there get down there like 24 hours ahead of you um, yes. <laughs> get, probably get there Friday morning instead of Sunday. Well, no, forty-eight hours, isn't it? Yeah, forty-eight hours, mate. Yeah. You're, you're, you're in a long leash. Yeah, well, I've got, I've got to celebrate. I've got to get the champagne out and celebrate Ivan Tony and um, and uh, keep celebrating last season's win against Arsenal. Yeah, now as, as I just said, they're, they're, they'll be out for revenge. Um, you know, and they're, they're fully they're fully equipped to take it if it goes their way. Um, but I just got a feeling, you know, it's going to be another. You know, we said this before the the Leeds game. It's going to be an end to end game. I don't expect anything different. I think you know both teams can afford to go toe to toe. We got you know that that win against Leeds again gives us the the luxury of kind of not having to win. Um, uh, but we will want to, of course. You know, professional pride, um, continuing the great start. Uh, the players want to excel against opposition like that we've got a pretty good record um you know when all said and done against the you know the top six um you know now now we've beaten man united it's a team that did the, did the, did the double over us we've got we've chalked the victory against them so we, we can compete 
against the best teams in this division and you know compete we will on Sunday morning um, sorry Sunday lunchtime we, we, we will give Arsenal a great great game and it just you know depends who takes their chances uh, but you know it's, it's a game that could be three or four all definitely tell you what I mean, we talk about Arsenal. What, what we're going to do, actually, we're going to go over to the man, the Don Robbie from AFTV or Arsenal Fan TV, as they used to be known before. I think there's some sort of copyright infringement thing going on, so they just they just brought the name down to AFTV. But Robbie, Robbie Lyle from Arsenal TV, we've been chatting to him a lot. I was down at AFTV Studios today, actually. I did a little piece for them on AFTV. But Robbie is going to talk to us and give us the lowdown on Arsenal. Robbie here from AFTV, um, also known as Arsenal Fan TV. Um, here to talk about the game, the big game coming up. Um, Brentford versus Arsenal. Really, really looking forward to this game. Um, over at AFTV, <laughs> we remember the pain of last year um, when we played Brentford. So definitely, I feel like this is a game that we're really looking forward to. And also, you know, the fact that it's one of the few games on this week we're very fortunate because um, obviously because of the death of the Queen and uh, the police being stretched, there's been a lot of games that have been cancelled. So very fortunate this, that this game is still being on. So I'm hoping that Arsenal are going to make uh, the most of it. Um, just talking about last season, I mean, it was quite well documented Arsenal's season on the documentary All or Nothing, which is basically... The season got off to a horrible start, uh, partly due to Brentford. <laughs> um, and then it picked up and then Arsenal started, you know, going on a really good run. Then there were setbacks again. Then we then picked it up again and we're doing really, really well. And came down right down to the end of the season where we were really having a good shout at getting into the top four. As a matter of fact, we were in a commanding position for quite a long time but then right at the end of the season and I think a lot of that was due to the fact that we didn't strengthen in January we fell away we, we had a lot of injuries and uh, we just didn't get over the line and we were picked to that top four spot by our deadly rivals Tottenham Hotspur and um, by only one point and the fact that we lost out the top four to them and European you know Champions League football Really, really hurt. Um, but on the positives, last season, you know, we had a really, really young side. I think the youngest side in the Premier League. There was the emergence of some really, really good players like Saka and Smith Rowe. And, you know, we've had a good summer in the transfer market. We brought in some, some very good players. I mean, bringing in uh, Gabriel Jesus and Zinchenko from Manchester City. Especially when you look at the fact that we had no um, Champions League football and we were able to tempt those two to come over. That was a real coup and both of them have been absolutely brilliant for us, especially Jesus. Um, and then the returning William Saliba, who came back after a season-long loan at Marseille where he was voted the uh, young player of the season in French football. He's come back in and he's looked excellent as well. So we've had some really, really good signings in the summer. Um, Fabio Vieira is another one of those, even though he's been injured. And uh, we got off to a flying start of the season. Um, you know, they tried to set us up to do another Brentford on us by sending us away to Crystal Palace on the first game of the season. But we won that. And um, up until our last game against Manchester United, we were on a, 
you know, a winning run. We were the only unbeaten team left in the Premier League. We'd won every game. But we did suffer that setback away from home to Manchester United, which was I was really disappointed about because I thought we completely played them off the park. But some very shaky defending and, um, yeah, we, we slipped up. So we're looking to bounce back from that. Unfortunately, our following game against uh, Everton was called off um, because of uh, the, we know what's been happening with the, the whole royal family and the Queen. Um, so we didn't get to play that. So the first game after that defeat is going to be Brentford. Now, Brentford, I've got a lot of respect for Brentford. I mean, first of all, I love the story of how they've come through the divisions and to where they've come now. You know, and what they're doing, I think, is truly remarkable. And uh, I remember the first game against Brentford last season. I knew that we was on a hiding to nothing with that game. You know, what I mean, Brentford's first game in the Premier League in their brand new stadium. We had injuries. We had players out with COVID. It was just not right. Brentford really turned up on the night. So did their fans, and they were brilliant. And they deserved to win the game. And uh, we ended up. Um, you know, you know, then having to, you know, play Chelsea after that, then Man City and lost our first three games. But we did recover really, really well. The reverse fixture, I thought that, you know, um, we were pretty convincing in that. We played Brentford at home, different proposition, players back, and we looked pretty comfortable in that game, although Brentford did pull one back at the end. But it was a pretty comfortable win um, in the end for us in that game. But... Yeah, listen, I've got a lot of respect for Brentford. Um, As I said, I I love what they're doing. I love some of the players that they've got. Um, Congratulations going out to Ivan Toney, uh, who's got into the England squad, deservedly so, and what a player he is. And, you know, what I like about Brentford is the way they just seem to go out there, do it in the right way, scout correctly, bring in the right type of players that suit their system. And... Yeah, I mean, you know, it's fantastic what they're doing, but we need to put a little stent in that Brentford team when we come up against them uh, this weekend. Um, So, you know, new season's going well for Arsenal so far. Only one defeat. We've won all our other games. We've looked pretty impressive. We've been playing a really good brand of football, attacking, exciting football. And as I said, we've got some very dangerous players and... um, you know, the team's really spearheaded at the moment by uh, Gabriel Jesus, who's really, really um, leading from the front. Um, our manager, Mikel Arteta, you know, uh, again, he came out of the documentary, the All or Nothing documentary, looking really, really well. I think the fans are really, really behind him this season. He's under a bit of pressure because, you know, he, he spent a lot of money, so the fans are expecting a lot. But so far, he's been um, delivering. Uh, the Arsenal squad is looking good. As I said, I've spoken already about the new signings. I think the only thing I'd say is that uh, the, the big problems still in that sort of deep-line defensive position in midfield. Thomas Partey, when he's fit, excellent player. Brilliant. One of the best in the league, I think, in that position. But it's when he's fit. He's been injured nearly half the time since he's been at Arsenal. Um, and that's the problem. So... I don't think he'll be fit in time for the game against Brentford. It'll probably be the youngster, Sambi Lakonga, playing in there. And we've had a problem there because, you know, we were trying to bring in a defensive midfielder before the end of the transfer window uh, and we were unable to do that. So that is a problem. And um, that is an area I think that Brentford might be looking to exploit. Um, 
I think for Brentford, the player that they're going to have to watch out for is Gabriel Jesus. He's He's been superb this season. He's quick. He's direct. He's sharp. Um, and he doesn't give defenders a minute's peace. And uh, I think that he's changed the whole dynamic. I mean, last year, it was like Alexander Lacazette at the front. It's completely changed now with him leading from the front. And uh, Arsenal are a team that scores goals. Um, my top four and my bottom three this season. Top four, I'm going to go um, Manchester City winning it again. I think Liverpool, even though they've got off to a bad start, um, they'll be up there, there and thereabouts. I think Arsenal will be third and Tottenham will be fourth. I think Chelsea, they might have some issues this season with a change of manager. Manchester United are still in transition. The bottom teams, um, I called it sort of at the start of the season, my bottom three, and I'm kind of sticking with that, is more or less the teams that uh, came up. Bournemouth, I think, um, are going to struggle. I think Nottingham Forest... Um, are going to struggle as well, despite all the the players that they've bought. I think um, that they're going to struggle as well. And then I think the other team that goes down is really hard to say. I mean, I, I was saying that Southampton could be in some problems this season, but um, I think Southampton, I don't know, I think they might be all right this season. Fulham, I don't think, will go down. Um, we played them, and they're a good side. Um, I was very impressed with them, and they've got a good manager. So I don't think they're going to go down. I really don't know who that third team's going to be, but it won't be Brentford. Um, just going back on Brentford, uh, listen, they took three points off of last season. And Brentford, they had a great season, I thought, last year. they had a bit of a, I remember they had a bit of a dip, and I was a bit concerned for Brentford. I was thinking to myself, ooh, could they, you know, could they end up going down? But they then recovered it and um, deservedly stayed up and they really finished off the season strong. And obviously the player that I'm really um, fearful of is that man there. He's going to be super confident this week, Ivan Tony. He's just got into the England squad, so he's got the recognition now that he deserves. And he, for me, is going to be the real threat. We, we saw his comments last year when he said... Uh, just out for, uh, what was it, just playing in the park with the lads. Well, that wound up a load of Arsenal um, players. We, we know that from the documentary because, uh, you know, the manager remind, reminded uh, the players of that. So Ivan Tony, we're going to have to definitely keep an eye out for him. Um, I think it's going to be a really uh, good game. I think Brentford are going to really try and press Arsenal. But the difference between us, I feel, and Manchester United when... You press United is United. They move it very slow, pretty pedestrian. They're not good at playing out from the back. Arsenal are good at playing out from the back and they can catch teams on the counter-attack. So I really do feel that uh, there's going to be goals in this game. My score prediction is 2-1. Um, I think we've been letting in a bit too many goals recently, Arsenal. Um, and, you know, at home, Brentford, their fans are going to be right up for it. But I think Arsenal this season are a different proposition to what Brentford face on the first day of last season. There's a lot of firepower in the team and players like uh, Jesus, Martinelli, Saka, they're all playing well. Um, Martin Odegaard as well has been superb. I think it's going to be a good game, but I'm going for Arsenal winning by two goals to one. Um, big up to Billy Besotted. Big up to all of the Brentford fans. But yeah, we need the three points in this one. Take care. There you go, Robbie from AFTV. Giving us the lowdown. On the Arsenal. And listen, there's no two ways about it. 
The Arsenal this season are very different than the Arsenal at the beginning of last season. And uh, Arteta has come in and, you know, and we said it from before because we know about it with Thomas Frank. Thomas Frank, you know, you, if you've got a, player, a manager who's good, you've got to give them a bit of time to work their wonders. Get rid of the players who, to be quite honest, you ain't pulling their weight, the ones that don't fit in with what you're doing, all that kind of stuff. So Arteta has gone in there and he's done his thing. So the Arsenal fans were very unhappy with him 12 months ago and now very happy with him now. And he's, you know, he's doing he's doing well. And the Arsenal team doing well and they're very dangerous. And if you check them out and the stats side of things as well, in the Justice League, they're second when they're actually first at the moment. But, you know, it shows that they're actually creating big chances and putting them in the back of the net, which makes them a real danger. So there's something there that we need to look out for. So Arsenal, a bit of a worry, isn't it, Ali? Oh, 100%. I mean, I think until um, they had that draw against United, I think they were. Draw? It wasn't a draw. They lost. No, yeah. they lost, didn't they? It was you throwing me talking about, or Laney throwing me talking about their first, us and Fleet, you know, their first defeat of the season. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I flopped. <laughs> I, 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 they were really absolutely flying. They've been, they've been absolutely on fire, red hot. I think Erdegaard is really, really a dangerous looking player that we really have to, to keep quiet. Saka's been on really good form. Um, it's a tough ask, the kickabout, the kickabout with the boys' derby. Um, also, it's going to be difficult to get the atmosphere going before the game because of um, all the stuff surrounding uh, the Queen. Um, so I hope that once we kick off, we can get the atmosphere going because um, that, that will make a massive difference. Um, but I, I do think the team are going to be up for it. I would have preferred Arsenal to have had to play tonight, to be honest. It's um, somewhere foreign, like Moldova. Um, but unfortunately that's not happened so we've got to take it as it is it's a tough ask I think we can get a result whether or not we do get a result um, is another matter but it, it's a big game and it will be a real test of where this team is at um, well, I, I just don't see I don't see us being phased by it you know we, we, we've, you know, no. we, we take these things in our stride now I, I, think, I think we could have been phased when we played them last time, I just think the, you know, the euphoria and the kind of like that, you know, the incredible Friday night atmosphere got us through that, um, you know, as well as us taking our chances. That's, you know, that Sergi Canos goal, you know, I, I can still, I can still picture that. I can still see, I can still see Norgard heading in the second from the, the long throw and, you know, and I can see, still see David Raya making a save to keep it, keep it at 2-0 and, you know, made sure we, you know, Got got out of the stadium without having to change your underpants, but it was it was it was it was <laughs> you know it was a night never to be forgotten, and you know there'll be there have been others, and I think there will be others that are you know that kind of are close to emulating that. But I, I just as I just said, I, I just don't see us being really phased by Arsenal coming there anymore. It's just you know another great team. We're not. We're not. You know, we'll give them respect. You know, we, we, but we'll we'll give them respect by giving them a game of football. We don't give them respect by letting them have all the possession and kind of sitting back and be afraid to put tackles in and you know be afraid to to shoot a goal just in case you beat them. We'll we'll give them respect by by trying to try trying to play them off the park. That's the way we do our business, and I can't wait. I mean, just, I mean, listen, we're talking about Arsenal here as well. I mean, I know you mentioned the fact that they lost to Man United and, you know, 
I mean, they're doing straight equations again. You know, when I went down to AFTV, you know, I spoke to Turkish, really, really good guy. Check it out as well. I did a little piece on AFTV, um, you know, which is, uh, you know, which is just basically we just talk football for about 40 minutes. And it was just it's great, you know, because it's none of this sort of shock jock business. It's just chatting football for 40 minutes. And he just said, look, I've got a bit of a fear. Because Brentford, you know, um, Brentford beat Man United 4-0 and, and we lost to Man United, I think 3-1 it is, you know. So that's my worry. Immediately what I do is I do the Brentford thing and I look, because I didn't see that game, OK? I didn't see that game, didn't even see, uh, didn't even see match of the day. So I've looked at the stats and I looked at it and I thought, hold on a second, XG, you know, 1.70 Arsenal to 1.51. So they actually kind of slightly over, you know, did them. On, on, on the chances created front, but Man United obviously were more clinical, put the ball in the back of the net, but that game could have been a one-all game, it could have been a 2-1 game, it could have gone either way. And, you know, it looks like Arsenal, they, they did all right because, you know, they they, 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 they kind of kept Man United to, to, to create, you know, maybe probably, probably a little bit too many chances than they could have done. But at the end of the day, is that if they put them chances away, literally three goals, Arsenal could have put away and they didn't actually they were very very good chances and this is me just looking at the stat data here so that to me is not a case of you know if a, if a team has, is, has not got that then you, you think okay tough something I'm cool and I, and I can handle that but the fact that it looks like Arsenal are still creating and they're still being dangerous even when they're losing means that we completely and utterly have to be on our ball and as we know and we've said this as well defensively We've had situations where, you know, we've had to recover from 2-0 downs too many times this season where a team will hit us and uh, they don't hit us back. And also the other thing is that, again, if you look at the data against Leeds United as well, I mean, if you look at it, it is ridiculous. We have got so many big red bubbles inside the penalty area. We could have scored about eight goals against Leeds United. And that's no lie. Big, big, big chances. Like, you know, big high quality chances, probably about eight goals. But Leeds could have scored about five goals against us. So it was one of them Kevin Keegan type games, as I talked about before, where, you know, we gave them a lot and they gave they gave us a lot as well. We can't do that against Arsenal because if they do, they're going to destroy us. They're going to destroy us, you know what I'm saying? So we need to sort out this defence and stop giving the ball away so much in midfield and all that lot and try and play the game like we did against Manchester United and, and these other teams where we're a little bit tighter. And I know that Ethan's not in the side, which is a little bit of an issue. Um, what, what's, and I'm going to ask you because it's been so long since we played football. What is the situation with Ayo? Because I think he was on the bench for, for one of the matches, wasn't he, Ali? Well, I assume he's fit because he's going off with Norway, oh, nice. isn't he? He's, going, he's been selected for Norway. Presumably we've let him go to, to get match fitness. Um, I think, but whether or not he'll start, it depends. I suppose it depends what system we're going to go with. If we're going to go with three centre halves, then it, it, you know he's the obvious one to come in. We're going to go with four at the back. I can't see Pontus or me either getting dropped to the bench at the moment. Especially me, he's been fantastic, hasn't he? So, um, yeah, that that's an interesting one for me. That's an interesting one. But I, I completely agree with. We've got to be solid defensively. We can't give the ball away so much in midfield. Arsenal are a lot, lot better side than Leeds. And uh, if, if we give them the number of chances that we gave um, we gave Leeds, they'll, they'll, they'll take them and we'll, we, we won't win that or, game. Are we, are we looking for perfection? Or would you take a, would you take a, would you take, no, would you take a 5-4 no. win now? crikey you know it's it could be it could be one of those days that you just you're just like dripping with kind of nerves it's it's going to be a nail-biter i think you know 
I, as long as we don't let them run away with it, which you know, I, I, I just don't. I don't think we will. I think we're always going to be in it. I think we're always going to create enough chances to to keep to keep us in most games. Uh, I, you know, yeah. I think we've all said it in different ways. Like anything is possible again, and I just I just hope it goes our way. We do, we can't give them a two goal no, head start. No. Though. We just can't because we won't. Uh, 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 Aside of Arsenal's quality, we're not going to be coming back from 2-0 down. We have to, we really have to try yeah. and get the first goal. Yeah, and, and what I said on, again, on AFTV today, is I said the thing about it is that, you know, what has been really nice is like, listen, you know, whether we win or lose, what at the moment now, we're just enjoying us watching our football and the football that we're playing because that is that we're seeing some really great games and, and the teams that we're playing are helping to contribute, you know, even Fulham. Brilliant game, brilliant games of football. So some of them you lose, some of them you lose, but they're really, really exciting. And for me, is that you can't really knock that. You know, you come to football to be entertained, and like some of them are like, you know, your heart's in the back of your mouth. I mean, the Everton game was one was a different one because they came there to try. To, they were anti football when they came down, but that's one team. But other than that, it's been some really great football. So if Arsenal come down and it's a seven-seven game, brilliant. It's a seven-seven game. I'm, I'm happy with that because that's what we come down here to see, and I think that's the real, real, real bonus of, of where we're. At and where we've grown to but listen I'm just going to just go through what we're up against here because we uh, can get a little bit nervous here Arsenal are good at creating long shot opportunities and also creating chances through individual skill and also scoring chances and scoring finishing chances they're good at attacking set pieces they're good at and also defending set pieces they're good at but where they're weak is in the air and also avoiding individual errors and also defending against through Ball attacks so they take a lot of shots they like their short passes they control the ball the ball in in our half in effect they attack through the middle and their opponents normally play aggressively against them and they they, 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 they play the same 11 so you kind of know who's going to be playing so this you said a ooh there Ali so you, you see there's a bit of a light at the end of the tunnel there well first of all not good at defending against uh, um, in, in the air so, you know, with our strength in the air, especially with Ivan, that's a definite plus for us. I, the, also, the other one about... Um, three balls. Weak, weak three balls. The, I did watch the United game and um, a certain person who we don't talk about killed them with three balls and that's why they lost 3-1. So, um, I, I, I think we play the three ball game really well as well. So, I think that's really, those stats are really interesting and I think very yeah, much... Yeah, we, we've, def- we've definitely got the ammunition to hurt them. I mean, it is, you know, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's unquestionable. You know, and then going, going back, like, rewinding just just one phase is we have to keep reminding ourselves as well to, uh, that this second season syndrome myth, we, you know, let, let, let's let's keep proving the the doubters and those people that said that we're going to struggle wrong the, the, the incentives for us to succeed this year are, are are huge financially but again it's just like just to show that you know we, we've beaten man united 4-0 we've beaten leeds 5-2 we've we've got a player that's just been picked as a as a striker for for england you know, the, the the signs are all good that this season's going to continue to be a success, regardless of what happens on on Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, if we get any points out of it, is is a is a well, if we get three points out of it, is a massive bonus. If we get one, um, I'll take that now. But the the most important thing is that Brentford are not buckling in their second season. There, we are thriving, and we are a force to be reckoned with. And Arsenal going to get. 
both barrels of that again on Sunday morning. And it's the Premier League. It's the Premier League. We yeah, are going to lose. Yeah. We are going You're to right. lose games. You're right. We have yeah, to accept that we're going to lose games, and we're going to lose quite a few games. Um, but you know, it, it's, a lot of it is about the performance. A lot of it is about not buckling, and a lot of it is about teams coming coming down to the GTEC and actually sort of like not thinking that they're going to walk, not thinking they're going to walk all over us, and sort of like us having a real presence in the Premier League, which I think we do now. Teams like Arsenal, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like so, do you think it's, it's actually quite interesting because obviously Tony, Ivan Tony absolutely destroyed Ben White last season, fifty million pound Ben White, and he was just like properly had him in his pocket and just did him big time you know what I'm saying last week now interestingly Ben White has, he's been shifted from the centre of defence to, to I think he's on the right now as well so he's like a he's, he's a fullback he's gone fullback uh, case which will be quite interesting because uh, you know to see who he's going to be coming up against so that's a little interesting shift and obviously Ivan Tony now is, will be having the battle with uh, Saliba in the middle as well which could be quite interesting couldn't it feisty yeah, it's it's yeah, it's gonna be hurry. it's gonna be yeah there's gonna be uh, a, a, there could be a couple of yellow cards I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, it could be a few yellow cards. Might even be a and, red. Uh, and, and also interesting as well, I think he's uh, we're talking about England goalkeeper and England striker, sort of kind of sort of one on one type situation as well. So let's who's gonna uh, who's gonna come out best on that one? Do you think, Laney? Uh, the striker especially if there's a penalty <laughs> of course tell you something you're so good at these quizzes you're so good at these quizzes Lane. we should, yeah. we should enter you for the, the besotted <laughs> member of the, every quiz member. ever entered around the world you know what I'm saying which is, uh, which is all good so, I, I, I'd, I'd rather have JB I, I think you'll pick him to be honest with you <laughs> right we may have to get, get him as your, as your deputy or something like that so deputy dog so but, um, listen um Listen, we talked enough about this Arsenal game because it is, it's is—it's going to be upon us. First of in all, like I said to you, like I said, we're getting down the pub at the crack of dawn yeah. in the Globe, which is going to be great. We've invited some Arsenal chums to come down as well. You're more than welcome to come down the booze. I know my Arsenal chums are coming down and meeting us down the pub as well. Maybe a few of the AFTV characters may be coming down if they, if they can get away from being outside the stadium with their microphones and all that kind of stuff and just come and chill out and enjoy the match beforehand with us, friendly Bees fans. But listen... School prediction because everyone here seems a bit joyous and jubbly and uh, I know we saw five goals in the previous game but surely we can't score as many goals in this game. I'm going to ask you, Mr Lane, what is your score prediction? I am going to go for a high-scoring 4-3 Brentford win. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> miss Ali Malali, miss. Uh, I'm going to be pessimistic and go for a 3-2 Arsenal win, I'm afraid. Oh, outrageous. Sorry. Sorry. And I tell you what, I'm going to go for this being the Liverpool game of this season at home, that is. And it's going to be three all. Brentford three, Arsenal three. So there you go. So. I will be more than happy to be proved wrong, though, as I yeah, always am. When me I too. I'll, go, I'll take a point right now. Yeah, so anyway, this is the besotted pride of West London podcast. Don't forget to go and buy us a beer if you like what we do. Besotted.com forward slash beer also besotted global is our little social media community that's out there that's talking all sorts of stuff and everything like that if you want to join us besotted.com forward slash global as well go and check us out don't forget to subscribe to us on all good podcast channels as well and write us a review in itunes because it goes up in the charts and it does all sorts of very very nice things as well we're going to well we're going to have a day off on saturday well i've got a day off on saturday because my, my, my team the bonnet Panthers, have got their first games actually very very excited after setting up a club myself and darren the b and dave dj day the west ham fan as well we set up this club and first games for all three of our teams as well so very very exciting so there's no 
Premier League football to sort of distract us. So we're going properly grassroots on Saturday. So fingers crossed on that one. Very, very exciting on the Saturday. Yeah, good luck, Bill. Yeah, good luck. And the girls. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good luck to the girls as well. And then we're going to focus on Sunday because on Sunday then I'm going to be in the boozer very, very early with my man Laney and anyone else who wants to come down there as well. As might well. have a bit of champagne, Bill. You might have a bit of champagne as well because I've got my man Laney in the house. Yes, good evening. And I've got Ali Malali in the house. Good evening. Good evening to you too. And like I said to you, very, very excited. He's going to have some champagne. I've been telling him to play for England. He's got three lines on his shirt. And we're really happy. We've got all that's gold. We've got the Arsenal coming down. And we beat them last season. We God save the king. As we say. God save the king. Come, Come on, you bees. <laughs> Come Let's on, you bees. Arsenal team with our England striker right up front. You bees. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.